With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name's Ethan McDowell, and I am joined, as I always am, by Noah Fleischman. It's week seven. We're ready to talk NC State versus Duke. The Wolfpack are hitting the road for about a 30-minute drive up to Durham. They're going to stay in the same hotel they always stay in for home games, and they're going to travel up to Wallace Wade Stadium for a matchup against the Blue Devils, ranked number 17 in the country this week, coming off of a bye week. It's a really intriguing matchup, right? You have two of the best defenses in the ACC, maybe the two best defenses in the ACC, matched up against – Offenses that have, you know, MJ Morris is making his second start of the season. And then you have uncertainty at the Duke quarterback spot, which we're going to get into. But before we do that, before we break down everything interesting about this matchup, a quick housekeeping note. Noah and I are both writers for the Wolfpacker.com. That's the NC State site on the On3 network. Um, it's the, you know, fastest growing college sports website on the internet. Go check it out. Uh, you can check out the NC State site at thewolfpacker.com. Find all of our great writing there. I just published a scouting report on Duke that we'll get into on the show. And Noah just published a story on Michael Allen in his um, breakout game last week. So it's only $1 to subscribe to our premium content. That scouting report I referenced, it is under a paywall, but it is only $1 to unlock the entire website. That is recruiting scoops that is um team news for football women's and men's basketball wrestling just anything you could ask for nc state athletics wise we're going to cover it we're going to talk about it and it's all on the wolfpacker.com and there's a fun group of you know fellow nc state fans on our message board you know it's generally i'd say a pretty positive message board as far as message boards go get on there chat it up Meet some of your fellow Wolfpack fans, all for $1. All right, Noah, let's get into it. Duke versus NC State. It's NC State's second game against a ranked opponent so far this year. I'm third if you retroactively count Louisville, who's now the number 12 team in the country. This is going to be a very intriguing matchup. Duke is led by Riley Leonard, star quarterback, future potential first-round NFL draft pick. But for those of you who did not watch the, the Notre Dame-Duke game, Riley went out on the, I believe, the last or the second-to-last play from scrimmage with a ankle injury that looked pretty serious. And in the days following, the reporting has been pretty varied on, like, the severity of it. But the, the general feel is, um, you know, we don't know who's going to line up under center for um for duke at quarterback noah you listened to um head coach mike elko's uh, press conference earlier this week what did he tell you about um what the what duke is going to do under center this week he didn't really give a straight answer which if you're a coach in college football these days you're going to hide an injury as much as you can and make it make the other team prepare for two quarterbacks he said riley leonard's considered day-to-day He's been throwing the ball a little bit at practice he's put weight on the foot so he's kind of farther along than maybe some people think 
there's a chance I guess he could play. They, you know, this is an injury that takes, I think, what, two to four weeks to recover from or something like that. I think I read when it happened. So Saturday would put it at about two weeks since the injury, since they had a bye last week. So there's, I guess, you know, a chance he could play. If I thought about it, I don't think he plays. And that'll bring up, you know, a young, you know, talented backup quarterback, if that's the case. But Riley Leonard is a good quarterback. And, you know, Dave Thorne and everyone are preparing for the fact that he may play because at the end of the day, this is a guy who his name was in the Heisman candidate this year and things like that. Like he's a really good quarterback. And if you don't prepare for him and he plays, it's going to be a long day for, for your defense. So they're being, they're going contingency route, prepare for both, be ready for both and see which one trots out there on uh, eight o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. And I don't think you can un- un- overstate the impact Riley Leonard has on that offense. I mean, he, he really, raises the ceiling of that group quite significantly with his um, rushing ability. I mean, if you look at, you know, their two big time games this year, they, they beat Clemson and they lost to Notre Dame. Right. And um, those two games, he combined to throw for 309 yards, one touchdown and one pick those numbers, you know, they're average, right. They're, they're not what you want to see, but then you pair that with 186 rushing yards and some explosive ability in that part of the game. And you realize like, Oh, Okay, this is why NFL scouts are intrigued by this guy. This is why, um, you know, he is considered one of the top quarterbacks in the country. If he cannot go against NC State, which if it was a high ankle sprain like some have reported, it would I, it's difficult to see a recovery in just a couple of weeks, you know? That, that's usually, you know, a three, four-week recovery. But if he's able to play, that Duke offense, um, it's, it's a – challenging group to stop they lead the acc in rushing touchdowns they're very with 16 they're a very solid unit so if he can't go let's let's dive into a little bit of what that offense will look like without him they're going to turn to henry um i apologize if i'm mispronouncing henry's last name but um belen um the fourth so far the 6-3 redshirt freshman he's played in two games 29 total snaps he threw eight passes against Lafayette in September, completed all eight of them for 118 yards, scored one touchdown rushing and one touchdown throwing the ball as well. So, you know, can't get much better than that, um, given it was against um, Lafayette. So it'll be interesting to see in his first, like, you know, power five action of the season, how he lives up to that moment. And I mean, if you're NC State's defense, you hear that, you're like, oh, first-time starter, and you kind of have to be licking your chops a little bit, right? This is an NC State defense that leads the ACC in sacks. They, they are an incredibly productive unit, and they're rushing the passer at a super high level right now. So I think that if, if, you know, if you have Henry back there, regardless of how good of a quarterback he is, which we really don't know at this point, NC State has an opportunity to make his life pretty difficult as a first-time starter. Now, let's switch gears to the other side of the ball. Um, Duke's defense, <laughs> they are right now the number one scoring defense in the ACC. They, they allow 11.2 points per game. That is extremely impressive. They um, you know, contained Notre Dame for most of the game against the Fighting Irish. They've shut down pretty much every other opponent they've played, including Clemson. Noah, what have you seen from that side of the ball that, um, you know, kind of piques your interest and um, just when you're isolating at NC State's offense versus Duke's defense, what have you seen? It's, you know, their, their strength is one thing. 
and it's, you know, pass coverage. You texted me earlier about it. Take a little dive into it. You pull up their PFF grades. I think their top three defensive players are all cornerbacks on, on the grades. You know, Miles Jones, who's an injured corner, he'll make his way back this week. Josh Pickett and Chandler Rivers, all, you know, top three corners on the team and all three of the top, you know, defensive grade. Miles um, Jones checking in 88.8 on the season through his first three games, which is really, really good and for a full season, you know, on PFF. Obviously, it's just a, a small sample size of three games, but he can get the job done there. I mean, he's only allowed six receptions on 13 targets. Only one missed tackle, seven tackles on the year, two picks, which uh, leads the team, and he's got two pass breakups as well. So he's a you know really dangerous corner. And when you when you're looking at NC State, this will be uh, MJ Morris's first road start of his career. It is going to be his fifth, third, fourth start, but his first one on the road. So that one will be interesting to see how he handles it and and playing against a team like that that can really protect against the pass. It's going to be it's going to lean on you know NC State's run game, I think. Um, it broke out this past week against Marshall, who has a really, really good run defense. So it's a good thing to see that they can run the ball against good teams. And we'll see if they can do that against this Duke front. Because if they can't, it might be difficult to move the ball. So if you can't throw the ball, you're going to have to be able to run it. And if you can't run it, then I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to get really tough moving the ball. And we heard it this week, you know, basically saying on both sides have said it's going to be tough to get yards in this game. These are the two of the best defenses, as you said earlier, in the ACC and even in the country. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how NC State's offense, albeit young, can can go up against a really veteran and really good, you know, defense that Duke has. Yeah, and, you know, when they went against um, Notre Dame, they, they held Notre Dame to 21 points. It was 14 points until, you know, as that most people saw that like last second touchdown with, I believe 30 something seconds left against um, the blue devils, but you know, they held um star running back. Audric estimate of 18 carries for 81 yards. I mean, for those are still good numbers, but for, for estimate uh, that that's a pretty good job of slowing him down. So Duke can stop the run um, through the passing game. Like, like you said, they have really good corners. Um, they're 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 going to get some guys back from injury too. That it, they're going to really kind of be able to shut down. I think the outside of um of NC State's offense. So then you're looking at all right. The best part of NC State's offense has been you know you know the pop passes, the work quick passes to KC and just working the balls to Kevin Concepcion and Julian Gray and Porter Rooks at times. It's mostly been an outside receiver. I mean, an inside receiver and tight end dominated offense when it's been successful. Duke knows that. Mike Elko is one of the best coaches in the country right now. He's going to have a scheme, especially with an extra week of preparation, to slow down um, KC. They're going to they're going to be ready for the pop passes. They noticed how heavily NC State relied on that, and like Robert and I said, told us this week. Like that can't be the entire offense. It's great that KC popped when he did against against Marshall, right? And you know he's been great all year. He's the leading receiver on the team. Um, he's a midseason true freshman All American. He is awesome. NC State will need more than just KC's brilliance against Duke. Where does that come from? I don't really know. Something that concerned me when I was going back and watching um, the Duke Notre Dame game. Duke got pressure with four guys 
pretty consistently against a pretty solid um, Notre Dame offensive line. So you you have um, you know you're not even blitzing anyone. You're able to drop eight guys in the coverage. Uh, I could see that causing some issues for NC State on Saturday, especially with the talented defensive backs that the Blue Devils are going to bring to the field. So that's going to be interesting. Um, Noah, I think you're feeling a little more optimistic about this game than me. Um, before we dive into the matchup a little more, I want to break this up by just, Noah, give me one reason to be optimistic about NC State's chances in this matchup. Yeah, I think it starts with the defense. Um, we've talked about these two defenses being really good. NC State has probably the best defense in the ACC when it comes to pressuring a quarterback. At least the league in sacks, you know, is Peyton Wilson is up, is number, leads the league in tackles. Red Hibbler's fifth in sacks. They they can get to the quarterback. They can swarm to the ball well, which I think will will, be, will help a lot against Duke, especially if they play a backup quarterback. Putting a lot of pressure on a backup quarterback is gonna cause issues. So I think that is really a good place to start. Um, just just getting to the quarterback, and, and NC State's proven they can do it. Um, Marshall's not a bad team. They got twenty total quarterback pressures in the game. That shows you. Obviously, Duke's offensive line very veteran. A lot of graduates across the front. It's going to cause a problem, but NC State has seven guys that rotate on the defensive front. Red Hibbler, we talked about him. He is just a straight-up pass rusher. You put him in, tell him to go get the quarterback, and he'll do that. And I think that they might do that, especially with the with the young quarterback under center. you got to try to rattle him a little bit and get him off his game. And, you know, that's what concerns me is that I don't know if they're going to have to rely on that that much because they're going to have Jordan Waters in the backfield. Um, he has eight touchdowns so far this year in, in five games. He's a really solid back, obviously bolstered by the um, attention that Riley Leonard draws in the quarterback passing game. I don't know if um, if the backup will draw that much attention. But um, we really – and I think even Coach Gibson said during press conferences today that, uh, you know, they don't know how much they're going to use um, Henry Boleyn in the running game if, if he plays. So it's going to be – or kind of wait and see approach to even know what that Duke offense is going to look like. But when, you know, you have waters in the backfield, right? He's averaging five point yards, 5.8 yards per carry right now. He had a averaging 4.21 yards after contact. He's a tough runner. He ran through tackles against a Notre Dame defense that, Hey, NC state knows is a very talented unit. So it can, they're going to have, you know, they're going to, they still have weapons on that offense, even with Riley Leonard out. Um, Jordan Moore is a pretty good outside receiver for them. Uh, I noticed they, they'll, they'll just throw the ball up to him, give him a chance to make a play, and he's pretty good at that. So that's something to watch. Uh, Optimism-wise, for me, offensively, Notre Dame had some success with tight ends, using the tight ends in the passing game given that is Notre Dame. Um, I think they've had success with their tight ends against 80% of teams for the past decade. So, but it does, it does make it interesting where, Hey, if Duke's outside corners are so good, what can Robert and I draw up to make, um, you kind of maybe expose the, the middle of the field, work through the middle of the field and stuff like that. I'm interested to see what kind of game plan Robert and I brings out. Cause I know he has been the subject of a lot of criticism for Wolfpack fans, over the past, um, you know, few weeks, but I thought his game plan against Marshall was really cool. I thought there was a, a lot of exciting, you know, 
play calls, some interesting, you know, obviously the pop passes has been the subject of much discussion, but, you know, he didn't go away from it. It was working. So we stuck with it. And th- that is something that I think is an underrated quality in an offensive coordinator. If it's not broke, don't go fix it, but he will have to come out with a new, different, exciting plan. Um, another um, note that I wanted to throw out there before we move on is um, uh, the Duke's getting back Graham Barton this week. He missed the Notre Dame game with an injury. He is a future NFL player, probably a first round pick at left tackle. Very solid player, 6'5, 314, preseason second team All American biathlon. Um, you know, this season, though, a lot of hype for him coming into the year. He's posted mediocre um, kind of metrics. I mean, he posted a 71.6 PFF grade, right? Like that's, that's above average. Absolutely. And his pat, pass blocking grade is outstanding. He can protect, you know, the quarterback very well. His run blocking grade was eh, so, 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 you know, now this is certainly not Graham Barton slander. He's a very good player, but he has allowed one sack and four pressures this year. Something to keep an eye on. That is going to be a fascinating matchup against, like you said, Red Hibbler against Davin Van. I'm really excited to see what happens there. Noah, before we go to break, let's dive into our weekly keys to the game segment. What is one thing that is going to help decide NC State's matchup with Duke on Saturday? This special teams. Special teams are going to be a big emphasis, um, if, especially if it's a defensive battle. You're going to want to get any points you can, and punt and kickoff return is going to be the spot. NC State has done really well in both of those spots this year, and if they can set up near midfield and tell the offense, you only need to move the ball 15 yards, 20 yards, and get a field goal, I think that NC State will feel really good about that because points are going to not be – it's not going to be 48-41 like we, we saw this past weekend. I'll tell you that right now. These two defenses are too good for that. Um, so I think special teams return between Ju- Julian Gray and Jalen Coit are going to be, you know, a big, big key if NC State wants to go into into Durham and come out to win. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of going off of that, like both punters are really good. Um, Caden Newcastle had a, a weird off game against um, against Marshall, had his first shank, um, like Coach Doran said, hopefully his last. Um, Porter Wilson, the Blue Devils punter, he's second in the ACC, um, 47.8 yards per punt. You know, he's he's only punted 15 times this year, which is a pretty low number, and eight of those have traveled 50 yards or more. So he's a fuel-flipping guy. And then NC State has a pretty strong advantage in the place-kicking battle, which you kind of touched on. I think that could play just a huge role in this in this game, right? Because I think both of these teams are – going to bend and not break very often. Um, Todd Polino, the kicker, he's a sophomore. He's taken nine field goals and hit five. He's hit one from 50, so he has a big leg. But from inside 40 yards, he is two of five this season. He missed two attempts within within that range against Notre Dame, which obviously that's a big spot. Um, And then with the week off, um, who, who knows where his confidence is at. So that kind of parlays into what my biggest key of the game is, is red zone success. If you can force, you know, you know, Ben don't break, allow Duke, you know, if they, they make it into, into the red zone, you, you know, batten down the hatches and force a field goal. It's not a lock that um, Polino is going to nail that kick. 
So on the other side of the ball, NC State needs to leave those um, possessions with touchdowns, right? So, so far this year, they are um, tied for number 76 nationally in red zone offense. Um, that's 22 attempts, and NC State has scored 18 times. So that's not the best mark, but it's not bad, especially when you consider 15 of those 18 scores have been touchdowns. So that's a really high percentage and a really encouraging number for um, what the Wolfpack has done in the red zone. They need to continue to do that against Duke. Can't really settle for field goals here. If you get it inside the 20-yard lines, you have to punch it in. That is the biggest key to the game. If they can do that, I think NC State has a good shot on Saturday. All right, we're going to pick the spread. We're going to go full prediction mode um, after the break here. But first, I want to give a special shout-out to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Um, whether you're looking for you know tickets to the game, tickets to a concert, a comedy show, um, literally anything that you need a ticket for, first, go check it out on Game Time. I promise you, great deals on there. I use it myself. And by far my favorite part of it is when you log on and you go and you look for tickets to go to make the trip up to Durham, as um, Dylan McMahon asked, uh, asked Wolfpack Nation to do in press conferences today. He wants to see a lot of Wolfpack fans there, and you can make it there for only 30 bucks right now. Um, Duke, the way their stadium works, um, Wallace Wade Stadium, they have general admission seating um, in certain spots, and you know you can get a general admission ticket for 30 bucks. So that's a great deal. Um, and, you know, I love that when you get on there, you can see exactly where you'd be sitting from. They give you the seat view. Here's a look at um, Wallace Wade Stadium for Saturday. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding up my phone to the camera and you can see exactly the view of where you would be um, sitting. And it's, you know, it's pretty cool. And I just go check it out. Cheapest ticket, 30 bucks. That's a great deal. And when you use code WOLFPACK, that's all caps WOLFPACK on your first purchase, you get $20 off. So, hey, shoot, you can go for 10, 10 bucks. That's a great deal for a primetime college football game against a ranked opponent. Man, um, yeah, shoot, if, if, I, if I wasn't um, covering the game, I think that would, that would be far beyond the price. That would be great. But um, go check it out. It's the Game Time app on all the app stores. You can also find it at um, gametime.co. That's not .com. That's .co. Go check it out. Use code WOLFPACK for $20 off your first purchase. All right, Noah, it's that time of the week again, our favorite time of the week, and another opportunity for us to completely screw up our score prediction. If you have been following along with our predictions this past couple weeks, they haven't been pretty. But to be fair, I don't think anyone has. We, we both expected the Louisville game to be a high-scoring affair, and it was a defensive battle. We expected the Marshall game to be a little more of a defensive battle, and it was a shootout. So – um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to pick the spread. We're going to pick the over under, but, um, Hey, <laughs> I, I say, trust your gut on this one. Cause who knows right now, right? All right. The spread right now, NC state is a three and a half point underdog on the road against Duke. Noah, what's your thought on that? Um, who's covering and why? They opened as a two point underdog. So it's swung a little bit in favor of the blue devils. Okay, okay, you see that, number 17 team in the country. I say, you said, what, three and a half points? Mm-hmm. Okay, State will cover that, I believe. If you want to score, I can tell you a score. I believe it's, it's 24-20, and, uh, and the Wolfpack will win. 
Awesome. And what, what gives you that impression? What, what, what puts it over the top where you're like, all right, yeah, I, I'm confident that NC State's going to go on the road and pick up their first top 25 win of the season? It's, it comes down to me thinking that Riley Leonard's not going to play. Obviously, if he plays, Duke is easily the better team on the field. That's just that's just how good he is as a quarterback and, and as a runner and as a everything on the offense. They become a better team. But I think without him, a redshirt freshman who is good, we've seen a small sample size of him this year. I just don't think – I just don't like that, I guess, if you're a Duke fan, you know, going up against a defense like NC State has where they can get after the quarterback and get after and shut down a run game. We've seen them do it back-to-back weeks of really good run defense. And if you have a young quarterback, you're going to want to hand the ball off. But if you can't run the ball, then you're going to be forced to throw. And Tony Gibson's really good at making teams one-dimensional. So we'll see if he's able to do that this week. So that's where I'm, my head is at today going into Saturday's game. Awesome. And, um, you know, it's not a good podcast without debate, and I'm going to have to disagree with you. Um, I also have NC State covering. I will say that. I think it is going to be a very close game. I do not have the Wolfpack winning. I have them winning. I have them losing a very close 17 to 16 game on a last second fourth quarter field goal. I I just have a hard time seeing how NC State's going to move the ball against this Blue Devil defense. Um, You know, maybe Robert and I comes out with a really cool game plan. Maybe MJ Morris takes another huge step forward. Um, and maybe Michael Allen and Delbert Mims and the return of the potential return of Kendrick Raphael kind of um, continues to grow the running game. If all that happens, then I see NC State winning this game. So right now, I haven't seen enough from the offense to completely inspire enough confidence that they will go in and score enough points to beat Duke. I think um, it's really hard to score um, to score touchdowns in the red zone against this team. They showed that against Notre Dame. They've shown that against um, every team they've played this season. So I uh, don't get me wrong, NC State fans. I think NC State has a great chance to win this game. I just don't feel comfortable picking it for now. I do think they'll cover, though. Um, going off of that, the over-under for this one, it's 45. I, I would be hammering the under there. I think that is a safe under bet. I think, especially if Riley Leonard doesn't play, this is going to be a low scoring game. Lots of punts, lots of field goals. Special teams are going to be crucial and it's going to be um, an exciting uh, event for that reason. All right, Noah, we're going to switch up the order of things since this is going to be most likely a defense focused uh, game. Give me the leading tackler for NC State. Um, for um, those keeping track at home, it has been a consistent theme through the first six games of the year. Peyton Wilson is leading this team in tackles by a wide margin. He's led them in tackles for every game. Noah, you going with a different direction here? No, I'm going to take the easy one here. And uh, Peyton Wilson, 70 tackles. The next closest, I believe, is at 34-35 um, in Jalen Scott. So tells you how dominant of a tackler Peyton Wilson is. He's having a, a standout final season in Raleigh. You know, he was named, you know, All-American, mid-season All-American by two different places today, PFF and the, you know, Senior Bowl. I think uh, that's all you need to know. Peyton Wilson is um, definitely making himself a lot of money every game, you know, for the future. You know, I think every game he goes out there and, and leads him in tackles, more money could ring, ring in, you know, from the NFL. So give me Peyton Wilson. You know, it's been cool to watch over the past um, couple months where, you know, if, if you've paid attention to NC State's program, if you've covered NC State, 
you've known for years how awesome Peyton Wilson is. He is as talented as any linebacker in the country. It's literally just been health. It has been health holding him back. And this year, oh, my gosh, how awesome has he been? He is arguably the best def- defensive player in the country right now, in my opinion. Um, he's putting up the numbers to back it up. And, uh, yeah, he's going to lead NC State in tackles on Saturday. I bet he leads NC State in tackles for the rest of the season if he stays healthy. I mean, he's just that good. This is a, one of those games where um, he, he should have plenty of opportunities, especially if um, Duke's not running the quarterback that much. Um, Peyton should be able to really key in on rushing the passer or, you know, fill in run gaps, stopping the run. So yeah. that, that'll, be, um, that'll be really interesting to see. I agree. He'll lead the team in tackles. Uh, I do want to mention Savion Jackson, who has been really awesome at defending the run this year. Um, just um, really standing out in that category. And I think he has a chance to um, put up some impressive numbers against uh, against Duke because he has um, – I'm not sure whether he, he or Davin Van will be lined up against um, you know Duke's star left tackle, but either one of them will have quite the matchup. And it'll be, um, it'll be fun to watch, especially in the run game because that, I think uh, Duke's going to rely pretty heavily on, um, on running the ball. All right, running backs. Um, Noah, you've written about it a couple times in the past couple weeks. It was like a um, – it was kind of nice to see, you know, a running backs lead the team in rushing. And you, you had um, Michael Allen and Delbert Mims get into, get into their respective rhythms. Um, Michael Allen averaging over seven yards per carry for the third time so far this season. Um, he, he's, he's starting to emerge. He broke off that seven, 37 – yard run for a touchdown which was the longest run by a wolf pack player this year but going into the duke game who do you have leading the team in rushing yeah i'm gonna take michael on again um he's a guy who's running the ball really well he had nine carries first of all he only played nine snaps in the game had nine carries 70 yards touchdown it's pretty good when you're averaging carry a snap and you're putting up numbers like that so i think you will um if Kendrick Raphael comes back and can get his feet under him again after missing a couple weeks, I think he's got a really good shot at being, you know, the leading rusher on this team in a game. But this week, I think, you know, Michael Allen, his, his, his snaps and carries are, you know, two to one what Delbert Mims is, but he just has that ability to get out in space and run. I mean, a 37 yard runner, he got close to 20 miles an hour. Um, he's fat. So I, I'll, I'll take Michael Allen again to lead them in rushing, but I do think Delbert Mims has another solid game, you know, for the Wolfpack. Yeah, and I agree with all of your points, but I'm taking Delbert. I think it is going to be a big game for him. I really liked his um 18-yard touchdown run. I thought he looked shifty. I thought he looked quick. He is more than just that short yardage back that he has looked so good at doing so far this year. Um, This is going to be an old-school smash-mouth football game. You need tough, tough, um, tough runs, and when you need tough yards this season, you need to call 1-800-DELBERT because he has been awesome so far this year when you, you really just need, you know, that third and two, that fourth and one Delbert has been that guy. And I think, um, I think, you know, he's, it looks like he's kind of taking it like personally, he's like, I'm more than a short yardage back. I can make a few guys miss. I can break tackles. And I think um, he's looked good doing that against Marshall. I think he's going to continue doing that. And um, NC state is going to rely on him as a steady presence like, you know, that four yards per carry in a cloud of dust type deal. And I think he'll look um, he'll look really solid. All right. To round out our predictions, 
let's um, go with receivers. Who's going to lead NC State in receiving? Obviously, last week it was um, Kevin Concepcion. Thanks to that steady diet of pop passes, um, Trent Pinnix also finished with 99 yards receiving as well. Noah, who you got? Put me on the Trent Pennix on the Trent Pennix train. Kind of a tongue twister there. I think he has another big day. Here's why: Duke has really good corners. We've talked about that. Outside corners, shutdown corners. They're gonna be on guys like Terrell Timmons, Keon the same. They're gonna be on. They're gonna have keyed in on Kevin Concepcion just because of how good and you know talented that guy is. Yeah. So who does that leave? It leaves your tight end. And they used him in the past game last week for the first time basically all year on a consistent, you know, give me a lot of yards way. And it worked. Three catches, 99 yards, two touchdowns. He has some speed and space, former running back. He's a lot, you know, faster than some tight ends are. It's a mismatch, especially if you get him lined up with a linebacker. Take Trent Penix every day of the week. I think he can outrun basically any linebacker you put in front of him. So I think, you know, they'll get a few big plays from him. He's not a guy who's going to catch 10 passes in a game, but I think he's due for – three or four big catches, and, and he had two last week. Give me another two or three this week, and uh, he'll lead the way. Yeah, I think that's a very good pick. I think he might might have been my pick too, but I'll go in a different direction for the sake of podcasting. Um, and it's not going to be KC. I think KC has moved away from this territory where we're like, oh, wow, this freshman is really good, to, oh, wow, Kevin Concepcion is the best player in this offense. And I think he's going to be treated as such for the rest of the year. Um, can you stop him? No, I don't think so. I, I think in-state will get the ball into his hands, and he's too good to be completely taken out of the game as long as you're finding ways to get him touches. Um, I think he'll still have a good game, but I think Duke is going to make a concerted effort to stop KC. And um, we'll see how that goes. And for that reason, I'm going to go Julian Gray. He's another guy that they want to get the ball in his hands more. He's another guy that – I don't know if there's anyone faster on NC State's team. We've seen that on kickoff returns. I think we'll see a little bit of explosiveness from him with um, so much of the effort focused on stopping Casey. Maybe the other, you know, that that flex Y receiver position, he can get out in the middle of the field and, um, you know, turn some quick passes into large gains. And I think he's going to have a bit of a breakout as a receiver and show the, um, you know, dynamic explosiveness that we've seen all year on special teams from him. All right. Noah, we are almost done with today's show, but before we leave, like we do every week on the show, we want to make one bold prediction. Um, this is meant to tease a story that Noah co- comes out with every week, his bold five bold prediction story. Um, Noah, do, do you remember how many you hit on for the Marshall game? Yeah, it was my best week. We went three for five. So hold up, everybody. I'm hot. And hey, there's 60, 60%. When it's supposed to be a bold prediction, hey, that's that's pretty dang good. So Noah, yeah. um, keep the good vibes rolling. What, what's your bold prediction for the um, for the upcoming game? Bold prediction. This one will be included in Friday's you know story that comes out every Friday, the Friday Five. I'm gonna say, NC State's defense records more than one interception, so two or more interceptions in the game. I think corners come alive a little bit. Aiden White, has, you know, obviously knows what he do. Shaheen Battle has been up and down, but he's, he's a solid corner. And then the safeties, you know, can, can you know, do it. I mean, Robert Kennedy and Nickel leads the team in interceptions. I think this is a breakout game for the secondary. They get multiple interceptions, and it's going to be key 
and turning this game around, giving the offense short fields to work with. So give me the interceptions. Yeah, I like I like that one. I think um, it's it's pretty clear. Like this is the unit that um, led the ACC in um, in interceptions last year. Um, them and Louisville were right at the top there, and um, you know they're they're second, I believe, this year as well. So it's they, they force turnovers. They are an opportunistic defense, and uh, I bet that will continue this weekend. Um, my bold prediction is I've already touched on it. I don't think either team is scoring 20 points. I think it is going to be a true grinded out um, points at a premium, special teams deciding type of game. Um, lots of field goals. Just, um, I know, and I know, I know NC state fans, you're like, we watched so many of those the second half of last year. And I know it's going to be tough, but I think against a game like, like against an opponent like Duke, that's kind of how you want this game to go, because if it turns into a shootout, then um, I, I I think Duke's defense is too good at stopping um, at stopping teams through the air to really um, keep NC State in a game where um, Duke's scoring a lot of points. So, grind it out game, um, you know, whoever kicks last wins type of matchup, and um, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, I know I know we might get angry comments like we do every week, but um, I, I don't think NC State has no shot. They have a good chance to win this game. Noah thinks they're going to win, and he's usually more pessimistic than me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be an exciting one. Um, Noah and I will be in Durham to watch it. 8 p.m. kickoff um, on the ACC network. Prime time, exciting in-state rivalry. Um, you know, first time they've been there since 2013. That's uh, Dave Doran's first year, and – you know, that was the year that Duke went to the Chick-fil-A Bowl and lost to a um, Johnny Manziel-led Texas A&M squad. So, shoot, it, this might be the best Duke team since then. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited. Noah's excited. And um, we'll have full coverage in the time leading up to and after that game. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. Um, please go check us out on the Wolfpacker.com and please go check out Game Time as well. Um, we will be back on Sunday to recap all of the action, talk through it, talk through the win or the loss and, um, you know, share our takeaways from it. Um, my name's Ethan and I'm with Noah. This is the Wolfpacker show. We'll see you in a few days. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.